Hi, my name is Thies Hetzert and welcome to a new episode of my podcast series Yellow Cap, in which I'm talking to alumna entrepreneurs from Erasmus University Rotterdam to find out what drives their entrepreneurial mindsets. I feel proud to be a student ambassador for Erasmus Enterprise, the community of entrepreneurs and innovators at the Erasmus University Rotterdam campus. Welcome to a new episode of my podcast series. Uh, today I have the privilege of interviewing Wouter de Vries. Wouter is an uh, alumna from the uh, Entrepreneurship Master's program, which, which I'm currently doing as well. Uh, and he's, he's also a co-founder of uh, Your Surprise. Uh, Your Surprise is the largest uh, online gift shop um, selling personalized gifts. It has currently an assortment of over uh, 1,500 personalized gifts. Um, it's, a, it's a web shop. And uh, yeah, surprisingly, we're actually recording our interview in, uh, in the office of your surprise. I must say, it feels really inspiring to be here, energizing, very light atmos- uh, like atmosphere. And uh, yeah, one thing is for sure, uh, your surprise has scaled impressively. And uh, yeah, so Wouter, I would really like to explore also your entrepreneurial mindset and um, to discover what, what the initial founding days look like and how you scaled up your surprise. So as a starter, I'd like to ask you uh, to tell me a bit more about your own personal background and what your childhood looked like. Uh, what my childhood looked like? Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I grew up in this area. We, we are here on, on an island, Schouwen-Duiveland. And um, uh, yeah, when studying first in, um, uh, in Delft, uh, I did something sort of technical there. Not, not really technical, but sort of. And then after that, I followed the so-called Schakelprogramma. It was a program where you could do um, uh, a master in entrepreneurship uh, in, in two years. So one year was a general year and, and a master year. Uh, I grew up like my, my partner with whom I started the company in, a, uh, yeah, in a, um, a family where we everything was running around the business, sort of. Uh, was also on, on this island, so we always grew up with the um, uh, with the idea that um, yeah, uh, it, it's a, a nice thing to to start a company, to build a company, and it was really in the day in DNA of both of our families. Mm-hmm. My family was in the advertising and printing business, and my f- co-founders. Um, family was in the shoe business so that's Amoda who is a uh, hundred meters away and so for us it, this was always really an option and then I went to Rotterdam to do this uh, study there and uh, at that time uh, my uh, business partner Gebrand who was a longtime friend I know him from uh, four years old already was uh, studying in America and I was visiting uh, him and I was uh, we were talking about like what are we going to do are we going to work for uh, an important company or are we going to work or start for ourselves and uh, yeah, see where we, where we can take it. And uh, at that time we had the idea of uh, uh, starting online, selling personalized gifts. So that was a unique uh, gift that we, uh, uh, that we came up with. And it was uh, a gift that you could personalize with someone's name or someone's eye color and uh, all these kind of things. And yeah. we would burn this on the CD and send it to the person who had his birthday. Yeah. And at that time I was still studying in Rotterdam and doing this master. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gebrand was almost finished in, in the US, so now we really need, need to go to work. Uh, and at that time, which was really funny, I still remember a class given by uh, Rule de Hope. And at that time he was, uh, uh, I don't know what he's doing today, but uh, at that time he was really one of the first uh, internet uh, entrepreneurs. He was really, really, really early. 
and he uh, had a, a company called Hot Orange, I think. And um, I, I still remember I, I pitched this idea to him and uh, like, okay, what would you do? Would you start with this or uh, would you not start? And he was giving a guest lecture at, at that day. And he said, okay, uh, just, uh, just go for it, just try it. And uh, uh, of course, uh, and I, I think that's the really cool because you're, you're, you're doing a master and whatever and, and you're like, there is always a, a, why would you start with, with zero euro, with earning nothing somewhere in the dark corner of a house to, to build something? Like that's, yeah. it's so far away from, from the things that you learn in school and that you, right that your friends go do at a certain time. So you, sometimes you need just a few people who say like, okay, just do it, try it. And, yeah. and we had family who did that and, and people like Ruhl at that time also said that. And so we just started and that's how uh, we founded Your Surprise with 7,000 euros. Yeah. And uh, that's how it started. And from that day on, we tried to grow the, the company. Yeah. Okay, interesting. And um, sort of, um, what was your relationship like with Gerbrandt, your co-founder? What sort of relationship did you have? Yeah, we, we are long-time friends. I know him from like four years old. And uh, we, uh, we, we've got lots of pictures. There's one, uh, no, that's not there, but there's lots of pictures. Us from like four-year-old guys playing football, uh, <laughs> whatever. Okay. So I, I saw him. Um, uh, basically uh, every day at school yeah and then we went to different um, uh, how do you call it high schools yeah. I think um, and we went to different studies after that but we always kept friends so we saw each other every weekend or during the week and um, yeah and uh, it, it was always the guy with whenever I thought about starting a company I knew it was him uh, with whom I would I would I would do something like that okay um, why was that? Ooh, um, I think we had a feeling that we could really be, um, we would never have any issues together. I think that was really important. Uh, we both saw at home, uh, yeah, what it could mean to have a company. Like it's, it's, uh, it never stops. So you need to be able to deal with that and to, to, to handle that and make sure your friendship doesn't. Um, is, isn't harmed because of the company because right. that was something that we never wanted and we still don't want that today. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really important. And with him, I, I had the feeling that we, we had a good match and uh, we had different. We had the same goal but different ways how we see things. Okay. And that still is, and that's that's always proven to be a good a good mix. Yeah. And how do you complement each other's skills and competencies? Um, yeah, like now we have, a, of course, a much broader group of, of people who, who take a lot of responsibility and, it, and it's not just us. Uh, but in, in the very beginning, uh, I am more like, uh, I, was, I was a bit more technical minded. So, okay, how do we create a, a good website? How do we set up the processes behind the website? Uh, I, I always was willing to, to, make a, to, to create a unique proposition. I wanted stuff on our website that nobody else was selling. Okay. Uh, so, uh, that, that was the song. And Gerbrand is, is more like the. Um, he's, he's way better in, in understanding what a bigger group of people uh, wants or needs. Or, uh, uh, so he is more into the general marketing uh, and also in, okay, what, what kind of gifts do we need to add to this website to make it interesting for people on the long term? And th there's always been a really good mix around that um, where he is thinking more, I think, more 
uh, yeah, maybe also a little bit outside the company and okay, how do we, how do we find clients and, and what do we offer them? Yeah. Um, and I was more like, okay, how do we keep it unique and how do we make sure we are, we are not getting into a place where uh, someone can copy you within two weeks? Yeah. Um, and how do we build, uh, yeah, how do we scale it and all these kind of things. So okay. yeah. that was basically, and it still sort of is that way. Yeah, exactly. Okay, clear. And, and how do you manage now your relationship with each other? I mean, you are colleagues, but you're also friends. Yeah. How do you manage that relationship? Uh, yeah, very well, actually. Uh, this weekend we go away with uh, the two families, so my family and his family. Uh, so besides work, I go skiing with him a few times a year. Uh, our families go skiing at least once a year, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of the same interests. We have the same group of friends. Okay. Um, and when we are on a holiday or whatever, it's, it's not about the company most of the time. It's about other things. So we are quite good at splitting this. And um, yeah. uh, I think, yeah, we always kept the same goal and the goal is still, okay, see what we can get also today. Mm. Uh, and, and just learning and making sure um, uh, we learn every day, we develop every day, we do new things every day yeah. or try to do that. And that principle never changed. And I think on these aspects, we have really the same view of how you spend your time in life. Yes. And um, that's because of that, I think we never have I, we ha hardly ever have uh, arguments or uh, conflicts. Or, yeah. yeah. No. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, you you scaled dramatically. Um, but uh, going back to the initial days, so uh, it was 2005. You started in this attic. Yeah. Uh, above uh, um, yeah. a Moda store. Moda, yeah, um, a shoe um, store. Yeah, you started selling personalized uh, songs, and it went well, uh, I believe. So you started making small pivots. Can you please describe sort of what, what were sort of your pivots? Um, yeah, the first pivot we already made it after a week, I think, um, because it all went well. But it really, it, yeah, if you really start at zero with with zero euro, it really takes a long, long time before you are at the point where you can say like, okay, now it's going to look like a company. That really took us like five, six years. And it was five, six years of only investing, uh, earning 200 euros uh, a month. Uh, mm. And it, I'm not telling a sad story, but it's just, <laughs> it's a period where you really need to be really persistent on what you want to achieve. And um, yeah, if you're in it for the money or for uh, uh, status or whatever, or buying a new car or, yeah, uh, then you will need to attract investors or something. Because if you really want to start with your own funding yeah. and do it like that, uh, that's not going to work. Uh, so the first pivot, we made it already after a week. Um, we had our own website selling these songs. And we thought like, okay, we launched it now worldwide and now the, everybody's going to find us and uh, now we'll be a millionaire in, uh, when we are 30. But of course, <laughs> nobody, nobody found our website. So we started calling all DJs, newspapers, uh, every day, all the startpaginas at that time, we printed them, we approached 300. Uh, so we were really only busy with, okay, we flyered at the U2 concert in the arena. We drove through the Netherlands, putting flyers everywhere. We really tried to get people to our website. Yeah. But that turned out to be really hard. So we, after a week, we were already like, if this is the speed at which we're growing, it's going to take us forever to, uh, 
to grow. So we already made the first pivot and that was selling these songs on other websites. And, and of course, uh, me as the guy who wanted something unique for ourselves, that was already after the first week a decision where I was like, hmm, it was not the plan, but okay, we need to do it. So then we called up uh, three websites and we said like, okay, yeah, we, uh, we've got a very exclusive offer for you. Um, uh, you we chose you to, uh, to, to sell our unique uh, song. It's worldwide uh, not available and it suits your assortment. Uh, you can be one of the three, are you, are you in? And that's how we approached three websites. Two of them said yes, and they put it on their website, and then orders started coming in. Yeah. So that was already the first period after a week where we said, okay, we sell it on different platforms. Okay. And that's, that brought in the money. And that, with that money, we could grow our own website and our own assortment. And, uh, yeah. um, and I think the second important pivot is the first one was that we started with a dot-com website and everything was in English. So we had English songs, an English website, and we thought like, this is going to all over the world right away. Of course, that also didn't happen. <laughs> so we, we found out, okay, we need to go back to a, a country strategy where we do every country independently and we localize as much as we can because you need to do that to attract visitors and to make sure they, they actually buy something. So we started producing songs in Dutch and making a Dutch website and a Dutch uh, payment methods and everything and a .nl uh, domain name. Exactly. So that was, I think, the second important pivot. Uh, so we started launching different country websites as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah, and from there on we we kept on doing more or less the same, and that was improving uh, our website and everything around it, expanding the number of countries which we were in, yeah. and and broadening our, our uh, assortment. Okay. And um, I'm I'm very lucky. I think it was very good. Uh, Gebrand and I had lots of times discussions about should we only keep it to personalized gifts or should we also add normal gifts mm -hmm. and uh, uh, I think we were lucky that we kept it to personalized gifts and we tried some other experiments with non-personalized gifts but we did that on different websites but that was a whole other game so uh, uh, we stopped that okay. and um, uh, your surprise was always about personalized gifts from day one um, uh, until today. Yes. Okay. Clear. Hey, and um, uh, from there on, you, uh, you you start hiring your first employee in 2006. It was yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can you please describe how you transitioned from being a founder to a manager and yeah. how you build your team around? Yeah. It? Yeah. I never see myself as a manager. It's, okay. the, it's a forbidden word in this company. Okay. Uh, like CEO, direct uh, board of di directors, whatever. It's n nobody uses these words here. Okay. Uh, um, uh, but but after uh, four months or something, uh, we we had a guy uh, playing soccer with us, and he was a smart guy, IT guy, and we uh, we asked him like, okay, do you want to do your internship at, at our company? Then we had to convince the school that he was going to. They came to visit us, and they were like, how can you have uh, a guy uh, uh, making his thesis here? <laughs> and but they trusted us because we had uh, uh, yeah. Uh, to, to masters both, but that was the only reason. Okay. Then we had to visit his mom and dad to ask him uh, like, okay, <laughs> can, can he come and do our, his internship? Uh, because we also played soccer with his, with his father. Okay. And his father thought like, okay, he's good guys, but not, not always too serious. So uh, they saw a career for him at a company close by, Zalandia, which is the biggest company in this area. And they really envisioned him working there. And then now he, <laughs> looked to drift away with two guys, uh, beer drinking uh, <laughs> students. <laughs> yes. So um, we had to convince his, uh, his school, his parents, and uh, what he started, which was, I think, really uh, uh, 
uh, a step of courage f f uh, from him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we gave him the key the first day and we said like, okay, uh, it's now also sort of your company. So uh, yeah, um, good luck. And he's still working here today. So that's, that's really cool. Oh, and, nice. Uh, yeah. Oh, so, cool. Uh, so we started hiring people yeah. and we paid them salary and we didn't pay ourselves salary. So that was the, the way how we grew. And, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So you, you really had this uh, leadership style of, of delegate or of, uh, I mean, giving your employees, or yeah. I don't know if, how you call it, but yeah. uh, your co-workers the, yeah. the freedom to, yeah. to uh, lead also the organization. Yeah. Okay. And we, um, st we still do that. There is no, no organogram or something in this company. No. Uh, we are really deliberately focusing on an organizational model yeah. where people work in small groups with lots of autonomy, lots of freedom, lots of decision-making power. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, we are also part of, of these teams and these groups. Yeah. And, and you're, you're located in Zierikzee. Um, yeah. Can you please describe what are the, how would you describe the typical inhabitants of uh, Zierikzee? Uh, what characterizes their mentality? Yeah, it, it's actually really cool because we are here in Zierikzee, but we also got 44 nationalities in this company. Yeah. So we, we literally got people from all over the world. Yeah. Uh, so it's funny because we have people who only speak their dialect from this area. Uh, and we have people <laughs> who only speak uh, Islamic, for example, and they need to work together. So that's yeah. a really nice mix. Uh, but the typical person from this island, yeah, it's it's uh, we we have lots of no nonsense, hardworking, um, yeah, Zeeuwse people, as we call them. They're like uh, I like them. Some people call them a little bit stubborn, or uh, but it's 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 loyal. It's it still works if like with the principle like if, you, if you're good for the people the people are good for you and that's what we really see so it's a company where we have lots of uh, peaks and busy periods and where we grow sometimes really really fast and people really need to work a lot of hours with quite a lot of stress mm -hmm. uh, but we also do a lot to uh, to have fun and to uh, uh, do nice things together mm -hmm. um, and that's a really nice balance that it's still there and it's give and take it's a really easy principle and it still works for uh, for us right but then at the same time you have to scale. You have yeah. to scale your organization. That ma that means you also have to bring focus. Yeah. Um, so how do you sort of organize the creativity within your organization? Um, do, do you mean the long-term creativity or the? Yeah, the long-term innovation. Yeah. Yeah. We we in 2016 we made a so-called moonshot. So also our strategy is is created with our whole company. So there is no document on my computer which says this is the strategy of your surprise. It's it's not there. There is one document and everybody sees it. And we did this in 2016 as a 5-year plan for uh, 2021. So it's the last year. So this year we will make another one. And now we are moving towards the whole analogy of, of ships. So we explore the world in, with ships. And in the ships there, is, uh, there are crews. And uh, uh, the ships bring in stuff to this campus here on this island. Sirikse uh, is a harbor uh, port yeah. uh, or a harbor city. And uh, this day we will have another, I, I think we will call it world, world Exploration Day or whatever. And we will bring everybody together again. And we will see what the next five years uh, will bring in terms of plans of probably three years. We will limit the time scale a little bit. Yeah. And this is how we create our long-term goal. And this can be, uh, for example, like uh, we want to be active in, uh, it's, it's a very practical, it's, it's really about what can your surprise look like in 2020, 2024, for example. 
So what continents are we active that we're not active in yet? Mm -hmm. uh, what does it mean for our assortment? What does it mean for the number of clients we have? And it's, we make it very practical and that's our sort of uh, big goal. Yeah. And um, it could be we want to have uh, 40 million people uh, surprising each other, so 10% of Europe, for example. Or yeah. So that we make it very specific and uh, every year we make a, a deviation from this big plan. Mm -hmm. um, and we say like, okay, what's our plan for this year? Mm -hmm. We do also do this together with, with basically the whole company. And then we have all these ships who are our innovating groups and they have six periods in a year and they derive these, what they do uh, based on, on what we said, okay, these are the plans for this year. Mm -hmm. So we've got a structure from three years to one year to two months, for example. Yeah. And that's how we try to align everything yeah. and, um, uh, yeah, by giving this alignment, people can have a lot of autonomy because we know where our ships need to go. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, interesting. So everyone is involved in uh, sort of the strategy. Yeah, as, as much as, as possible, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But uh, does that also, what are the challenges of such a, an approach? Are there challenges to organizing such an... Yeah, um, challenges, yeah. You, it's a way that you really need to like because it costs a lot more energy. Yeah. It's, it's a lot easier to say like, okay, I've uh, made a document, uh, this is how we're going to do it, uh, you can read it, and if you have questions, uh, you know where to find me. Uh, and of course, now you need to organize a lot of things to make sure uh, everybody has the, the idea and the feeling that they, that they are connected, they, they have a say, that they... Uh, so facilitating this uh, is, is, uh, takes energy. Uh, explaining why you don't do th certain things uh, is also part of this process, so you need yeah. to do that as well. Uh, so it's a lot more uh, communicating back and forth. Okay. And, uh, but if you like that and you really think it's important that, it, that everybody is behind the plan, mm -hmm. uh, then of course this is it's really nice to do. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's, I think, a difference in, in how you want to uh, lead uh, a company. And, and uh, we and your surprise really likes it that we, have say, that we all say like, okay, this is what we go for. Yeah. And then we go with everybody. And uh, we are also part of the team that's going uh, for something and but I also know companies where there are leaders who just who do it in a different way which also works yeah. so it's a very personal um, personal approach right but then at the same time you're super dependent also on your talent attraction the yeah. uh, quality of the, the co-workers you are attracting yeah um, how are you um, how do you attract those uh, those people who fit well in your culture, also inter from an international aspect. Yeah. Um, yeah. First of all, I think by providing them a very big challenge, which is always there in this company. Yeah. Uh, many of the things we work on in different teams are challenging because they are complex or uh, uh, it's it's about enormous amounts. Um, so it's all, there's always a challenge. Uh, yeah, culture is of course really important. It's uh, as you see, it's an open company. Um, we don't have uh, hierarchy or whatever. We don't have offices. It's really a sort of okay. We're we're in it together. Um, we do lots of stuff together. We organize lots of things that we all do together. So uh, many people do more than just their job. They do lots of other stuff in the company. Um, yeah, and I think these two things are are the most important. Uh, it's 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 culture and and the challenge that we offer people, yeah. and that 
yeah, attracts people. And that took a long time because uh, the first 10 years we were happy if people were willing to work for us. Uh, and now it's changing that people are applying and, and we can say now, okay, we, we just need uh, uh, another person or uh, so now it's, it's getting the other way around, which is really, uh, really nice. Yeah, but how are they coming in? Are they coming via uh, referral or are they, um, is your brand image becoming more and more recognizable? Yeah, it's, it's all, all way, uh, we got a more visible building now, uh, so in the area we're getting quite known. Um, yeah, it's through our normal recruiting website. We have lots of contacts with universities all over Europe. Yeah. So we are really into um, uh, close relationships with a lot of universities in the Netherlands, but also abroad. Yeah. So in France, in Scandinavia, in Germany. Um, yeah, so, and, and we, we arrange housing for all the, for example, for all the interns from abroad, we arrange housing so they don't have to care about that. So we have a few apartments in the city. And uh, yeah, we can offer everybody who comes to work here at least a few months of, of housing. And if you want to stay, you can look for a house in this period. Uh, so we try to facilitate as much as we can to make it as easy as possible to, uh, to come here. Yeah. And of course, we have, we have quite a nice area. We have beaches, we, you can kite surf here, you can do water sports. In right. the summer, it's really nice. Yeah. So in, in the Netherlands, uh, of course, this area is perceived as rural and there's maybe not so much to do. But outside the Netherlands, it's the, it's the holiday destination of, of lots of uh, people. Yes. So uh, we try to use that perspective as well. Right, right. okay. You, you seem to really care a lot about work-life balance, right? You... Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, life is a, or work is a big part of your life, so you better make it as nice and interesting as possible. And uh, that's what we uh, tell ourselves and that's also what we tell our people. Yeah, like you spent you spent eight to ten hours a day here. Yeah, if you don't like it, let's try to change it. But if you still don't like it, move mm -hmm. on. Like life is too short to, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, to uh, to not enjoy right work or yeah. Okay, so um, sort of my last question on this scale up phase. Um, so in, in the end, you also want to expand your international footprint, right? You want to penetrate also international markets. Um, but how do you, do you still, will you still manage that from like the CRXA office? Or are you setting local hubs there? Yeah, no, we, we, we are already active in 22 countries now. 75% yeah. uh, of our revenues come from outside of the Netherlands. Yeah. And now we still do it all from this building. Yeah. Um, and we do that because it's a lot easier to, to build a culture, to, to spread knowledge, to, to make sure everybody is still connected to the gifts that we make. All the gifts are made in this building. And that's, of course, in the end what it's all about. So uh, we, we didn't choose to set up hubs within Europe and, and do it that way. We chose deliberately to, uh, to keep it all in one place. And logistical systems are improving every day. So we have like 10, 15 carriers who pick up all the goods here every day and who drive to a country directly. Yeah. So we only have a two hour uh, disadvantage in time compared to a French website, for example. Right. So our delivery times and everything are as quick or quicker as our competitors. Yeah. So now for mainland Europe and the countries that we are in right now, this is perfectly okay. Uh, if we are going to move seriously outside of Europe, of course, we will need a, a, a different location somewhere. Right. We, yeah. we don't know where that is yet, um, but Europe is perfectly manageable from one place like this. Yeah. And, uh, Outside Europe, we will need to um, to set up a different um, 
yeah. unit. Makes sense. Thank you. Um, yeah. Um, also, I'm curious about what are your own personal ambitions. Um, so besides your your work, um, how do you see yourself uh, in a couple of years? What are your own ambitions? Uh, yeah, they're really easy, healthy, and happy. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that these are the two most important uh, ambitions and. Uh, uh, Healthy, of course, uh, is uh, never something you uh, have a grip on, but being happy uh, and, and enjoying the things you do, uh, that is uh, key. Um, so uh, we, we try to grow the business in a way that it's also really fun for everybody. Yeah. And of course, there are always periods when it's less nice because you need to do a lot of stuff that you don't <laughs> want to do, but needs need to be done. Um, but I always try to envision myself like if I would be, I, we, we still need to like it to work here. And it's, it has never been about the money and I hope it will never be about the money. So it will always be about uh, having fun, learning stuff, seeing, uh, exploring new areas. And, and that's what we want to try to do as, as long as possible. Yeah. And um, yeah, as long as that's the case, uh, we're doing perfectly fine. And uh, we just want to keep on growing this company and see where we can get it. And uh, yeah. We want to do it in a way where we control the company and the company doesn't control us. And that's a really important part. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the, I think, the main, uh, the main goal. Okay, clear. And uh, like what, what would be like your key piece of advice for students contemplating entrepreneurship? Um, yeah, I think if I look at myself, it is... I still remember this startup phase where, where of course, very well, where you just you have no money everything is too expensive you cannot buy the stuff you want because uh, and and then you have uh, an environment that that is like hey guys what are you guys doing you studied uh, you spend an awful lot of money on studying <laughs> and now you start with burning CDs like so it's really uh, this starting phase is is really where you need to have a lot of persistence and also support from from people around you, I think. And, and we were always independent, but in the end it is important that your parents support you a little bit in making these kind of decisions. And uh, um, so um, if you have a 1% fire in you that you want to do this, uh, try to look for this support and try to make sure you will never not do it because you didn't feel this support or you didn't, you see it as a step back. Yeah. And I think in my time, or I, but I don't know how it is now. Um, uh, yeah, we were ju just quite lucky that we got through this period. Yeah. And um, uh, you see all your friends earning, uh, I don't know, two, three thousand euros a month, and you are still at 200. It, it's, it's not an issue, but in the end, after three years, when everybody's buying houses and everything, it can become an issue. Uh, and that's also the way how we try to do it with own funding. So it's different when you have investors and all these kind of things. Yeah. But I, I think it's a really healthy way, especially in the beginning, to just start with your own funding and to, to, to see what is the direction of your company because it's never going to be like you expected. And if you have everything on board from day one, you're quite, kind of stuck. Uh, and, and now we are at a point where we are totally independent financially. We are we still own 100% of the company so we can take all decisions in two minutes also big decisions and that's such a, a, a huge feeling of freedom and that's invaluable to us yeah. so I would advise every every student to 
to, uh, if you have a, an idea, just really try it and, and try to do it uh, by your own means and, and try to take it somewhere where you can make a logical choice. Okay, now do I need extra money or extra funds? Or, um, but first, start and try to go to, uh, grow it yourself. Yes, okay. Well, thank you very much, uh, Wout, for your time. It was great uh, talking to you. Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, no thanks. And uh, I hope a lot of you will, uh, will start in the end. Yes. Yeah.